This is the Trevor J. Brown Show from Inherent Dream Production Company. The Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is meant for an adult audience. An adult audience. The Trevor J. Brown Show may contain explicit language and topics. Explicit language and topics. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. Be a part of the show and email us at inheritdream at yahoo.com. And now, your host, you guessed it, Trevor J. Brown. It's the show. It's my show. It's the Trevor J. Brown Show. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Join us in the conversation, facebook.com. Backslash the Trevor J. Brown Show, Facebook.com, backslash Inherent Dream. You can email us, inherentdream at yahoo.com, and our website, inherentdream.com. All the places you can hear us Tuesdays and Thursdays. We are on Spotify. We are on Anchor. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on Breaker. We are on Radio Public, and we are on Pocket Cast. And then. On Fridays, we have Bonus Content Fridays, which is available on the Spotify app only. That show contains some music, and that's why that is only available on Spotify. We have links on our Facebook pages. We have links on our website. That's where we're at. Follow along as the radio revolution begins. I don't like to use that. I say that jokingly, of course. I've heard... (laughs) I've heard plenty throughout the years from hacks. We're going to revolutionize radio. We're revolutionizing radio. I remember one guy. This is, this is a good story. Uh, you know, you flirt with radio now and again, and you go back and then you leave because you don't make any money. And then you go back again, you get the itch. And then you realize, hey, I can do all of this on my own and keep a day job and make good money doing the day job and kind of do this on the side and make a little money on the side, get that side hustle going. And I remember a local radio station guy, which he's pretty much now batted around the horn with every, (laughs) he's batted around the horn with every uh, big time radio station. And uh, I don't even know what he's doing now, but at one point, they sort of were like, "Hey, uh, it'd be you. You should host our morning show." And I came out and said, "Well, you know, if I'm going to host the morning show, I want to have talk. I want to have opinions. We'll play some music too." And they wanted to do just like a music format, and I'm like, "You can get anybody to do that. I'm better than that." Long story short, he ended up uh, saying it wasn't a dick measuring contest. This is the same clown. Uh, I won't use his name because I don't want to embarrass him. But this is the same clown that now has a uh, an anti-suicide. It's like a, a suicide awareness charity. And they do different events around the area. And I'm like, boy, what a douchebag. Not for the suicide awareness thing. That's a very important topic. But you would think if you had your heart and soul into something that was like important like that, you would actually not bully people and uh, maybe treat them with respect. But instead telling people it's not a dick measuring contest and and you have a suicide awareness charity what a total fraud that guy was huh yeah well to each their own i guess all right let's get into uh i'm not bitter i'm not bitter because i'm doing it myself now 
and uh, it's it's just as good. So I always laugh when people say we're revolution, we're changing radio. Well, radio's been around a long time. You're not revolutionizing anything. And in fact, the people that are revolutionizing things in terms of talk content, they're not on the radio anymore, my friends. They're doing things uh, like podcasts, and uh, they're on Twitch. And I don't want to go on Twitch, though. I need to learn more about that because I don't want people to see my fat ass. I don't, you know, I'd rather save you the trouble. Uh, radio icon Howard Stern has some blunt words for people who are refusing to get vaccinated to stop the spread of the coronavirus. He said, when are we going to stop putting up with the idiots in this country and just say it's mandatory to get vaccinated? F them. F their freedom. I want my freedom to live, Stern said on his serious XM show on Tuesday, according to clips posted online. I want to get out of the house already. I want to go next door and play chess. I want to go take some pictures. The king of all media also complained that unvaccinated imbeciles were clogging hospitals and causing problems for others who need care. Well, we've said that since the beginning. If if you're not going to take the vaccine, fine, that's your choice. But then don't go to the, that was the opening night thing that I talked about here in the moron spotlight. If you don't want to get the vaccine, fine. If you think it's some big hoax, all these people talking about COVID, and then what I get really tired about, COVID's a hoax, it's not a big deal, more people get the flu, more people die from the flu, but then when it affects their family or when it affects them and a loved one dies, then we get the, I had a change of heart, and now I'm going to tell you why I was wrong. Those people to me are frauds. He says, so like, if you have a heart attack or any kind of problem, you can't even get into an ER. And I'm really of mind to say, look, if you didn't get vaccinated and you got COVID, you don't get into a hospital. That uh, from from Howard Stern. Jimmy Kimmel. What did Jimmy have to say about this? Or was that Jimmy that said that? A similar quote from Jimmy here. Jimmy Kimmel returned uh, from his extended summer break last week with some thoughts about how hospitals should treat unvaccinated coronavirus patients. Kimmel noted that some of the people who refused the COVID-19 vaccine were willing to take the unproven medication used to treat worms, particularly in animals such as horses. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. That choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. Then Kimmel offered a reality check for the uh, pandemwits who took livestock medication instead of getting vaccinated. I I, I, I guess I'm confused by, by that. What is that medication called? Invermesitin or whatever it is, the, the horse dewor- dewormer. You're willing to take that, which doesn't that have to go through like the FDA too? Doesn't somebody have to approve that? You're willing to take that, but oh, God forbid a vaccine. You realize that polio was a huge, a huge thing in this country back in what the thirties, forties and fifties. And you know, polio is like not even around anymore because of a vaccine. It's gone. There's people in my family that had polio. It's a terrible disease. 
Try being in an iron lung all summer. But no, now, now, uh, there's a, there's a vaccine for it. You take it and, and you don't hear about polio anymore. Speaking of vaccinations, the four teams with vaccination friction have started 0-4 in the National Football League. The Vikings lost to the Bengals, the Bills lost to the Steelers, the Colts lost to the Seahawks, and the Washington football team lost to the Chargers. Three of the four were favored to win their week one games. It's impossible to connect the dots from X's and O's to vaccine question. It is possible to ask whether the angst and conflict coming from the vaccination vac, uh, vaccination agitation has caused the kind of distraction at any point that made these teams less prepared to win regular season games, especially when facing teams that didn't have that specific issue potentially clouding the effort to emerge from week one with a one and O record. None of the four teams most widely connected to vaccination hesitation managed to win in week one in Washington where coach Ron Rivera repeatedly pleaded publicly publicly with players to get the vaccine given the compromised immune system, his compromised immune system resulting from his cancer battle of last year the question becomes whether the team can avoid an 0-2 start with a short week of course they are playing this evening you know what I think it's going to be a distraction for a lot of those teams because what's going to end up happening is people are not going to talk about how poorly you're playing they're going to be talking about this division of people who are vaccinated and who aren't vaccinated and if some of these teams have to end up forfeiting games or certain players go onto a COVID list and end up missing games or forfeiting games, possibly, uh, who are you going to blame then? I don't know. This, this whole thing is, uh, this whole thing is, uh, going to be a mess. And by the end of the year, I would be shocked if we're not back to, to distance learning and schools and arenas and stadiums empty again. Lastly, Greg Popovich addressing his players in the locker room called coaching Team USA to the gold medal in the Tokyo Olympics, the best feeling he's ever had. Um, the new managing director of the U.S. men's basketball team, Grant Hill, is seeking someone to replace Popovich, however. Hill told the undefeated that he hopes to hire a new coach for USA basketball before the 21-22 NBA season begins on October 19th. The source told the undefeated, a current NBA coach with previous USA basketball experience would likely be hired as the next coach of the team. Current NBA head coaches with USA basketball experience include Warriors coach Steve Kerr, Hawks coach Nate McMillan, Suns coach Monty Williams, Knicks coach Tom Thibodeau, Heats uh, Eric Spolstra, and uh, some uh, some other guys, including uh, Quinn Snyder of the Jazz, 76ers, Doc Rivers, Jason Kidd, Chauncey Billups, Ime Udoka, the new coach for the Celtics, and Jamal Mosley, the new coach of the Orlando Magic. We will keep you posted on that as uh, more things develop. We got the Moron Spotlight for you next, and coming up in HodgePodge tonight, Mark Stone. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Jensen Sales Plus makes buying and selling online easy. From Craigslist to Amazon, eBay to Etsy, they do it all. Check out their website for more information, jensensalesplus.com. That's jensensalesplus.com, JSP, located in Princeton and a proud supporter of the Trevor J. Brown Show. 
Time for tonight's More on Spotlight. There is not a woman in America that I probably hate more than Candace Owens. Well, now she's come out. She's demanded an investigation into vote rigging in the California gubernatorial recall election, claiming she received emails from voters alleging they had been prevented, prevented from casting a ballot. Here's what Candace had to say. I received about 20 emails last night from people telling me that they went to vote for Larry Elder, only to learn that they had already voted, Owens tweeted on Monday, alongside a video from a news broadcast which reported the confusion was due to a since-resolved equipment issue. Owens said, this needs to be investigated. It seems as if the fix is in. Owens shared a 47-second clip taken from KLTA 5 News report over the weekend that interviewed a handful of self-identified Republican California residents who claimed they had issues with their ballots for the September 14th election. Here's the problem I have. Okay, there is voter fraud in this country. In terms of the 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 big picture of things and and uh like the the who who is going to be president, they do this every 4 years. And why I bring that up is like there's a, a bipartisan group that looks at voter fraud and people who are actually charged with voter fraud in this country for like presidential elections. And it's not millions of people. It's not 900,000. It's not 5 million. It ends up being they end up charging like, I don't know, it's it's honestly like 100 people or less. It's like 100 people or less. So let me give you some stats. All right, Candace got got 20 emails, okay? Question number one on the ballot, should Governor Newsom be recalled? Yes, was 3,354,109 votes, 36.2%. Now they still have votes coming in because California accepts mail-in votes for seven days after the election, as long as they're postmarked by a certain time. But as of no... At the time we're recording this, 5,907,575, So I got an idea. Let's just switch those 20 votes right now for, the, for, for Candace Owens. Let's make sure to switch those votes over uh, uh, so, so we know uh, Larry Elder will get those votes. Uh, this wasn't a close election. There is voter fraud. There, there's none to be had here. And what's getting really tiring on both sides is now whoever loses, now we're going to bitch. There's there's fraud. The fix is in. No, your guy lost. Go back to the table and and figure out something better. You know, in 100 years, we haven't, we haven't had a pandemic like this in this country for 100 years. So whatever decisions Gavin Newsom made, whatever uh, decisions Governor Tim Walls made, I wouldn't want those jobs during this time because it's absolutely impossible because you're dealing with children. You're dealing with children. Oh, I can't go out. I can't go get a burger. I can't go to the strip club. Oh, oh, I want my freedom. I want my freedom. We have no compassion for fellow man. We're so concerned about whether I, oh, is my Democrat guy going to win or is my Republican guy going to win? And you know what? If they don't, then, then I'm, I'm a, I'm a sore loser. Everybody wants to be a part of success. Everybody wants to put their name along with a winner. Everybody wants to vote for a winner. And sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. 
But if, if who the governor is of your state or who the president is of the United States, if that is making you lose sleep at night, you need to go to the doctor and you need to get some medication. It's as simple as that. If there's uh, more evidence of vote rigging and fraud, feel free to bring it to our attention. But 20 votes ain't going to swing in either way. It ain't. So Candace Owens can shut the F up because I, I she's part of the problem. And there's people on the left, too, that are a part of that problem, too. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what are we going to do? These way extremes are ruining this great country. Let's stop listening to the children and let's come back to the center. Mark Stone is next. The Trevor J. Brown Show. Did you know Inherent Dream Production Company is more than just the Trevor J. Brown Show? Inherent Dream is home to Musical Acts Chairman of the Board, TNV, Trevor J. Brown, and the Food and Song Compilation Series. Albums are available now at inherentdream.bandcamp.com or stream anywhere you get your music. Back here on the Trevor J. Brown Show. I was just about to say another round with Trevor Brown. We have the bet going this month. How often am I going to do that? I almost feel like I should count that. Mark Stone joining us here to talk a little National Football League recap of week one and get some picks down for week number two. Stone, how did you fare with your picks in week one? Well, I went 10 and 6, which isn't great. Uh, I... uh went two and one in my bets uh like i said i put the money down on the parlay and the team that i thought was going to come through for me in the kansas city chiefs did not it did come through the stone cold lock of the week though with a fantastic second half but they did not cover the spread as i thought they were going to that was a fun game from uh, from over the weekend some of the highlights from the weekend that opening night game stone between the bucks and the cowboys my goodness you can never leave Tom Brady uh, that much time because he will make you pay. I don't care if the guy's 70 years old. Tom Brady will make you pay. And it was nice to see Dak Prescott back. I know it's just one game, but if he plays like that throughout the rest of the year, Dak may be an MVP candidate. I felt as if Ezekiel Elliott was like the perfect decoy in that game because, boy, he sure does get paid a lot of money to only have 11 carries. Yeah, it, it, again, it was game script here. Um, the way they went, Dak showed he was back. He showed he was willing to sling it. Of course, he's got some great receivers, even though Michael Gallup did get banged up in that game. Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb showed they are the real deal. So that is so that was really really nice to see. On the defense, I thought Dan Quinn did a fantastic job of shoring things up. Uh, they told Tampa they were here to play, and uh, like I said, made a really good game of it. They they were leading with 88 seconds left. Of course, that's 87 seconds too much for Tom Brady. But, I mean, still, I don't think anybody was expecting Dallas to be that close. I like your Seattle pick. The more and more we got closer to Sunday, I'm like, you know what? I like it. And, uh, boy, we, we said this a bunch last year, like, let Russ cook. We heard that a bunch. And, boy, I, I hope that uh, he can play like that and maintain that throughout the rest of the year because he was airing them out on Sunday Stone. Yes, he was. Uh, Tyler Lockett destroyed me in fantasy. I was up against him, two bombs, uh, which he converted into touchdowns. DK Metcalf even got one later on. You know, when you let Russ cook, and that was one of his demands during the offseason, you know, getting an offensive-minded coach in here who is going to let him open it up. 
um, getting some offensive linemen. You know, Seattle didn't address all of his concerns, but addressed them enough. And from what I heard, Russell had a fantastic offseason where he was totally focused. Go Hawks. He was all in, and it showed in this opening game as they went on the road to Indy, and they left no doubt out there. And you just see the difference between an organization like Seattle and Russell, who's all in and meeting halfway, and then you see the uh, – the, uh, dumpster fire that was green bay on sunday yeah talk about the uh, the tale of two divisions you have your nfc west which is just stacked we talked about that last week and then you have the nfc north where not one of the teams won on uh, uh over the weekend let's start with the packers i mean embarrassing against new orleans i mean sure you can lose that game but they just had nothing going. Is is Rodgers right to just pretty much say it's one game, relax, or are there bigger issues here? Well, I guess we're going to have to see when I'm at Lambeau on Monday whether or not it's bigger issues or not. If Rodgers and company takes care of Detroit like they should, yeah, you can say it's business as usual and we're back at it and that was one hiccup. But we saw Detroit come back against San Francisco and make it a game late. If, if Green Bay snoozes on this one, just like they snoozed on the Saints, they could easily get beaten here and be 0-2, and then you're going to be pushing the panic button pretty hard there in Green Bay. I think that there's a realistic shot to Stone that the Vikings start off 0-2. They have a tough matchup Sunday at Arizona. Kyler Murray ran circles around that Tennessee Titans defense. But back to last week for the Vikings, this I know Green Bay got destroyed, but this Vikings team, it's unacceptable. I mean, if you have playoff aspirations, I don't care who you're playing. You got to come out. You got to win that game. And the amount of excuses that this local fan base gives about how, well, you know, Joe Burrow and and Jamar Chase and and Joe Mixon, I mean, that's going to be a high-powered offense. If that's a high-powered offense, what's it going to be when you run into Cleveland or when you run into Seattle or when you run into Arizona this week? I have a hypothetical for you, Stone. If this team loses this week at Arizona, which I guess we'll talk about that in a second, then you come home and play Seattle. Seattle looked damn good last week. And then you play Cleveland – there's a realistic shot this team could go 0-4, and if they start off 0-4, I don't see any realistic shot that Mike Zimmer is the coach after that week. No, this is one that definitely you got to feel, especially considering you took it into overtime, that got away from you here. But I also, I mean, the line was three, and I was staying away from it because I just did not know what kind, what we were going to see from Joe Burrow. And what we saw from Joe Burrow on Sunday was a quarterback who was calm, poised, and had all the talent and weapons that we expected that he had last year when he came out as a first-round draft pick, and that's where Cincinnati got dangerous. Cincinnati was not going to roll over and play dead and let Minnesota with all the hype going around it. This team was stacked at this this defense was going to be much better. They weren't going to let that affect them. It was obvious people were talking to Jamar Chase was a bust. Well, he proved on Sunday he's not a bust. He mm-hmm. was just rusty. And and it was kind of, again, the, 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 uh, the, the fooling of the Vikings was on by the Bengals, and they got enough to walk away with a winning overtime. Um, but I think I think better days are ahead, but you're dead on. Vikings, not an easy schedule to start with. And they definitely needed to get that win on the road against Cincinnati. Mark Stone is our guest here. Let's get into week two, Stone. 
Thursday night football, Giants at the Washington football team. I hate Thursday night football for betting purposes. Washington, Ryan Fitzpatrick down. I don't know if that makes such a huge difference. I mean, it's it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's like it's ninth team in his career. At this point, I, I'm going to go with Washington at home. I, I think they, they cannot start off 0-2 here. Well, I agree they cannot start off 0-2, but however, they will be starting off 0-2. Taylor Heineke is not ready for the bright lights, big city that Washington needs to have in this game to get the win. I believe their defense is going to be on and having Daniel Jones run all over the place, but I do believe in Joe Judge enough that he's going to make this a grinder. He said it's going to be dink and dunk central for his offense getting up the field. That is how they're going to attack him, which I believe leave and I believe it's going to be an ugly game as most Thursday night games are by two teams who are substandard um, not what saying Washington's totally substandard but I believe their offense is when you don't have Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm but I think the Giants pulled this out so I am going to go with the Giants on this one Vegas and Pittsburgh here's my upset special Vegas keeps it rolling here's here's my question Stone what Pittsburgh Steelers team is for real is it that first half squad is it the second half squad what's it going to be the one thing that I will tell you is Ben Roethlisberger uh I think his best days are are behind him it would be something special if Vegas keeps that momentum from Monday's win and goes into Pittsburgh I think this is going to be a close game but I like Vegas here disagreement on this Pittsburgh is going to throttle the Raiders the Raiders on Monday night it was a it was a uh reality tv show gone bad (laughs) lots of lots of bad decisions even at the end of regulation what the hell are you doing there um somehow they were able to pull out the win even doing that pittsburgh's defense is for real they came up and punched buffalo in the mouth this is a team that's going to be prepared for whatever and now they're coming home now don't get me wrong big ben looks done stick a fork in him it's over but they're not going to need the offensive firepower to beat this raiders team with an offensive line too that's very very substandard baltimore wasn't able to attack it like i was hoping they would but definitely the front seven of Pittsburgh's going to come at them. They're going to make they're going to make things happen. There's going to be turnovers. I like the Steelers in this one. Niners and Eagles. What'd you make of your Niners in Week One? Well, the Niners were great coming out, but this was a game I said was a trap game, and I freaking bet Detroit. And of course, when I bet Detroit, it was at nine and a half, so I covered. Unlike most people in Vegas, um, the big thing was is you watch just what the weakness is with the 49ers defense is that defensive backfield and the moment Jason Verrett went out of this game with that torn ACL that's when Detroit was able to open it up and come back into this game so with that said they signed Drake Kirkpatrick they do have Josh Norman now as well too but both of those guys best days are behind them so I don't know how much they're going to matter coming into this weekend they did draft two new cornerbacks as well but those guys also have not made an impact so going into Philly it's gonna be tough here's what I'm going to say they did stay out east in West Virginia this week so they're not a west coast team heading east I think that definitely helps Mm -hmm. them I'm going to take I'm going to take San Fran but I will bet Philly at three and a half which should tell you something right there 
Yeah, I, I like I like for your betting angle, I like Philly in this game. I'm going to take San Francisco to win, but I, I agree. I think it will be a close matchup. Houston at Cleveland. Houston got one of their two victories on the year. Tyrod Taylor didn't look half bad, but then you have to kind of remember who they were playing. Regardless, Cleveland's uh, ticked off. They're coming home. They battled Kansas City fairly well. They probably should have won that game. I like Cleveland in this uh, in this matchup against the Texans. Cleveland last week was the victims of going to Arrowhead and the stone-cold lock of the week against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in week one. And I am in agreement that they're going to be ticked off coming back home against a substandard Houston team that feels right now they are better than what they are after beating a lowly Jacksonville team. And you know what that means? It means it's time to lock it up with a stone-cold lock of the week for this week. Cleveland Browns on the negative side last week. This week, there's a lock, baby. Lock it in. Denver and Jacksonville. Uh I, I like Denver here. I think they uh, I think they get the victory. They're going to move move to two and zero after beating two lowly opponents. But hey, they get a little momentum going in uh, in Denver. Agreement here. Denver is going to win this game again. It's not going to be pretty. They're going to do a defense and a sludgy offense. Losing Jerry Judy here definitely does not help things. But Teddy Bridgewater is going to keep it going to keep it level enough. And let's face it, Jacksonville's their own worst enemy. Urban Meyer and freaking Trent Baalke cannot get out of their own way. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, right now is still trying to learn the ropes. Jacksonville's going to make enough turnovers on their own on this one to swing at Denver's way. Give me the Broncos. Mark Stone giving his football predictions here each and every Thursday. New Orleans and Carolina. There's a side of me, Stone, where I want to pick Carolina. But then I have to remember they beat the Jets last week. But they still have some things cooking. I think Sam, Sam Darnold didn't look too bad. I think the change of scenery will be good for him there. But I, am, I think New Orleans will win this game in a close one. Yes, I think it's going to be close. Whether or not New Orleans will cover with the minus four right now remains to be seen. But I think, again, Sean Payton showed again that he knows how to corral in the wild stallion that is freaking uh, Jameis Winston and make him actually an efficient quarterback. And I think that's enough for New Orleans to win this game against Carolina. Sam Darnold, though, did look very, very good last week. Rams and the Colts from Indy on Sunday. Uh-oh, Stone. Colts start 0-2. I like the Rams here. Agreement on this one. Rams are right now running solid with Matt Stafford. I do think it's going to be a close game, but again, all this Carson Wentz stuff during the offseason, it's definitely showing offseason matters to a lot of these teams. And if you're going to be somewhat dysfunctional out there and in this case with Indianapolis it seems to be with the uh, vaccine more than anything um, it's going to take you a little bit to kind of get on track for the season so Rams again are going to snatch up a team that's kind of not totally fully together there so give me the Rams as well I I love this stone because there's going to be some teams that have very high expectations coming into this season That'll have an 0-2 start. And I think Buffalo's going to be one of those teams. Give me Miami at home. I think that Miami defense is legit. And I think they cause headaches for Josh Allen all day Sunday. I agree with you that they're going to cause headaches. And I agree with you that they are legit. If you remember, I did pick Miami to knock off your beloved New England Patriots last week. However, 
this week, I do believe Buffalo is going to pull it out. And it's going to be a close game because if I was a betting man, I would take the three and a half points that uh, that Miami's getting on this one and bet Miami. So I think it's going to be close, a one or two point victory for Buffalo. But again, I believe in Sean McDermott. I believe in his defense and I believe in Josh Allen enough that they're going to be able to pull this one off and not go 0-2. Final two games from the noon window, New England at the Jets on Sunday. Give me the Patriots to improve to 500 and move to one on uh, one and one agreement in the fact that I'm taking the Patriots, but Robert Sala last week did show me this team is going to be up to play. I don't think it's going to be a blowout as Vegas is, is uh, predicting, I shouldn't say a blowout, but a six to seven point win. I think it's going to be close, but in the end, you're going to have the genius in Bill Belichick winning out here. And Mac Jones, too. Mac Jones looks poised. He's Tom Brady. Not going to see he's as great as Tom, but he is as efficient. He's showing right out of the gate here. And that's all you need to have this New England offense be solid with that defense. Sunday in Chicago, I am predicting that the crowd is going to be very vocal in terms of having Justin Fields on the uh on the field at some point he's not going to start but uh i i think there's just too much talent behind andy dalton to have him continue to sit i don't i don't i don't know if he's going to be a hall of fame type quarterback but with what they paid in the draft i don't think those chicago bears fans are going to be patient for very long regardless i like chicago here at home in an ugly win Revenge game for Andy with his Bengals coming here. Bengals are flying high right now after knocking off the Vikings. Bears are disappointed after losing to the Rams on Sunday night football on the road. But you're coming home to Soldier Field here. They do have a solid enough defense. And it's kind of, again, it's a it, it's like I said, it's a statement game for the Bears. The Bears have to win this game if they are truly going to be in the playoff conversation. So they need to go out there and do it. And I do believe they do it in this game. Now, will it be Dalton under center the whole game? I don't know. Will Fields come in? I don't know. But I do trust their defense enough in this game that it's going to be enough to beat the Bengals at home we go to the three o'clock window here's my lock of the week stone Tampa Bay over Atlanta Atlanta just looks awful I mean you lose at home to Philadelphia I know Philadelphia there was a lot unknown about Jalen Hurts not a lot of film on him from last year but Atlanta has nothing going in my opinion give me Tom Brady and the boys at home I agree with you on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will win this game. However, if you are going to Vegas or you're going to any kind of sports book this weekend or on your phone, you bet Atlanta, baby, at 11 and a half all day long. This is a total hornet's nest as far as, as, far as a bet goes. You take the Atlanta Falcons because I got money that Tampa probably wins by 10, but they're not going to win by 11 and a half, baby. Minnesota at Arizona. Minnesota needs this game. I don't think it happens. I think Kyler Murray, uh, maybe it was a mirage last week, but I think Arizona wins at home. Just way too many weapons, in my opinion. 
the curse of Todd Monken is going on here with the Arizona Cardinals. Everybody last week thinks now that the Cardinals are world beaters. Let me tell you what I know about the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals still have Cliff Kingsbury, the uh, the Chuck Knobloch <laughs> of the freaking of the freaking uh, NFL uh, career fair a couple years ago at at the helm here. Steve Kime can't even find his way around a head coach other than when he had B.A. there. Kyler Murray is the only thing saving this team. Everybody forgets Arizona. This was a team that they were facing in Tennessee last week that lost their offensive coordinator, who's now Arthur Smith, who's now the head coach in Atlanta. They lost Jonu Smith, who was a strong not only pass-catching tight end, but a great blocking tight end, which is why they could not run the ball. And they also lost one of the best blocking wide receivers in Corey Davis as well, who went to the Jets and who had a monster game this week. And who did you replace both those guys with? That's right, trash-talking, no-blocking Julio Jones. And that is the problem there. Even Vrabel now has a problem with Julio Jones. Tennessee sucks. Arizona freaking doubled down made it look like they're world beaters. They're coming into their game at home this week confident, thinking they can hang with the Niners, with the Seahawks, and with the Rams. The Vikings are pissed off. Zimmer's got them freaking focused, knowing they need to win this game. Vikings are going in and taking this one. Tennessee at Seattle. I like Seattle at home. I think Russ continues to cook, and I think you raised some good points about Tennessee. They have some issues going here early in the season. Yep, they have some issues going in the season, and if you're going to place money down, take the Seahawks all the way up to seven. If it's six and a half, five and a half in their favor, take them. I do not care. You got you're going with the home opener here. The twelfth man is back yeah. in over a year here at home. Tennessee is in disarray. I just explained to you why. Not the time, not the place for Vrabel and company to be facing this Seahawks team. Take the bags all day long. Dallas at the Chargers. Ooh, interesting matchup here. Ah, man, oh, man. I, You know what? I'm going to go with Dallas on the road just because I think Dak, the way he played on Thursday night, even if Ezekiel Elliott has a buffet in front of him and marches for 35 yards, he can do that again. I think Dak continues to throw the ball i know the chargers defense is, is is pretty decent but i this one this one might be a shootout though stone what do you think i'm thinking it is not going to be a shootout if you've got money on this one you bet the under i think both the, this is going to be a replay of the chargers game last week against washington i think dallas's defense everybody's still trying to figure out i just mentioned how well dan quinn's got this team playing move keanu needle now to playing linebacker by the way no Jalen smith no Leighton Vander Esch to be found anywhere. They're on milk cartons they're giving away <laughs> over there at AT&T Stadium. Um, Micah Parsons, again, is solid. The front line is solid. I like what Dallas is doing defensively, and I think that holds true in this game. And again, you just saw what, what Dak can do even against Tampa's defense. I think Los Angeles' defense is smarter than that. They're not going to take things for granted coming this game, which is why I think it's going to be a grinder. And I think Dak is on the opposite side this week, pulling it out at the end. Not Justin Herbert last week in Washington, and not Tom Brady against the Dallas Cowboys in Tampa. I think things fall, again, Dallas's way this week. So give me, well, yeah, give me Dallas, baby. I'll tell you what. I mean, if, if Dallas starts off 0-2, can you imagine – 
ESPN the day after about Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys and Jerry Jones. I mean, this was a, a non-playoff team last year. And and for them to start off 0-2, this, this team has to make the playoffs, especially in the division that they play in. And I heard about 28 times on Thursday Night Stone that they don't play another playoff team until week 11, a playoff team from last year. So you better take care of business change. There's playoff teams from last year that won't make the playoffs. There's non-playoff teams that will make the playoffs. But still, regardless, you got to take care of business. And the Dallas Cowboys cannot start off 0-2. Kansas City and Baltimore, I'm licking my chops. This is always a fun matchup. I'm going to take Kansas City on the road in a close one. Yes, yes, yes. In agreement, I've got the Chiefs as well in a close one. However, at three and a half, you take Baltimore plus the points in this one. That's what I think. Baltimore got an embarrassing loss last week. They know they got another heavyweight coming to town this week in the Kansas City's Chiefs. They should be 1-0, not 0-1. They're not going to take this line down. It's going to be a bloodbath here. And we know one thing about the Chiefs. They can't run the football. So, again, it's going to be Mahomes having to find his way to throw his way to victory here. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, if you don't got Frank Clark and you don't got the honey badger on that defense, Baltimore is going to run it down your throat 24-7, which means it's probably not going to be a high-scoring game, but it's going to be a battle. But I do believe Mahomes is better than Lamar Jackson in this one, and I think that's the difference. Detroit at Green Bay. You're actually going to the game at Lambeau? I will be at Lambeau in attendance. Yes, I will be for this one. What uh, What's making you go out there? Just to, Have you ever been to Lambeau? No, I have not. So it's on the bucket list as far as stadiums I want to visit. So yeah. the wife being a big Green Bay Packers fan, this was something our anniversary was on Monday, but this is our anniversary trip this year. We're going up to Door County, doing some wine tasting over the weekend got an airbnb here up in sturgeon bay and then i got an airbnb in green bay as well for the game so yeah we we're just making an extended weekend and spend some time up in northern wisconsin well that should be lovely happy anniversary to you guys and uh i'm gonna take the packers all they 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 need this one they were embarrassed last week against new orleans and jacksonville i think they're a better team than than what they showed detroit you know, they, they played hard at the end against your 49ers, but Detroit's always Detroit. I mean, here's the thing, Stone. Detroit should have, after they fired, uh, who was the last coach there? Why am I blanking? Your, your boy, Matt Patricia. Yeah, Matt Patricia. After they fired Matt Patricia, they should have went on their hands and knees to, uh, and why am I blanking on this guy's name? The last coach to lead them to the playoffs. They should have went to freaking, uh, what's his face? I know what you're talking about. He was in Baltimore. He was in Indy uh jim jim caldwell jim, uh, jim, jim caldwell. caldwell they yes. should have went on their hands and knees to jim caldwell and said hey you know what dude we'll give you a lifetime contract come back and coach we should have never fired you that's the most success that that franchise has had in 20 years and they fired him because somehow it wasn't good enough and now they have a guy named dan campbell coaching uh coaching that team which is pretty much just a new mike tice good luck with that i'm gonna take green bay detroit is just awful I'm in agreement. It's a get-right game for Green Bay, and they need to get right. So they need to win this one at home, home opener at Lambeau. 
Yeah, it's got to it's got to happen. Green Bay loses this game. Like I said, press the not even just plant, press the panic button. Launch the nukes if you're <laughs> in Green Bay because it's going to be blowing everything up. Enjoy your trip, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Will do, Trevor. Always a pleasure being on for another TNT Thursday. That's right, TNT Thursday here on the Trevor J. Brown Show. That's it for tonight. Thanks for listening. This has been the Trevor J. Brown Show. The opinions expressed on this show do not express the views of staff, management, or sponsors of Inherent Dream Production Company or streaming services where the show may be heard. The Trevor J. Brown Show is produced by Inherent Dream Production Company.